Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. What is up? Welcome back to another episode of the Best Life Podcast. Uh, actually, it's just the Best Life. It's just the Best Podcast. This is your host Jill Coleman, and Danny is not here this week. She's actually at a retreat, so she will not be joining us today. But we have a really amazing guest for you guys. Um, I'm bringing on my boyfriend, my partner, my domestic partner, Keith Lockwood who I have mentioned once or twice on the show. And um, actually, I thought this would be interesting because you were on the podcast like four years ago. And so I thought we would uh, interview each other. We'd have a little fun today. Hi. Hi there. Say hello to the people. Hello, people. (laughs) You are – this is not your jam, but (laughs) he's being a good sport because we actually had a couple – not that you're the the consolation prize, but we did have two people who were supposed to interview that (laughs) had to cancel now you tell me. Uh, you know what? And the show goes on. Uh-huh. And so you have graciously agreed to be here. So welcome and uh, excited to chat. Yeah. So what I did with Keith was I said, look, why don't we each come up with a few questions to ask each other that we can both answer that might be interesting for the listeners and maybe they won't be. But if for, for those of you who maybe are new, newer listeners or maybe you're not sure exactly uh, who Keith is, do you want to give the people just a little background about you as a person and sort of like what you what you do, who you are, all that good stuff? Uh, sure. Uh, currently, I'm a firefighter paramedic here in Southern California. I have been for seven years now. I think we met... Yeah, after I was on. So yeah, it's like yeah, seven years ago. I think you had just finished your yeah. uh, year of... Yeah, your probation, probation and whatnot. So I'm like six, seven years. I don't even know. Uh, before that, I played football and college and semi-pro overseas and Europe. Uh, lived in Canada. Uh, had a bunch of different jobs there. Grew up here in Southern California. Uh, all my family's from here. Currently close to where we live at now. And uh, yeah, basically been a jock my whole life. Turned firefighter. Oh, just all, our, our all, the, just just the, all the teams, just yeah. from one team to the next. Team. Pretty much. So um, what was interesting for me to start dating you was just really, um, you know, just learning, obviously learning a ton about fire. I know we have some people listening whose, you know, partners uh, are also uh, first responders and just learning a lot about that. But then also being in a relationship with someone who's not an entrepreneur, but mm-hmm. but also does a flexible schedule like you do. So mm-hmm. we're able to travel. And if you guys follow me on social media at Jill Fit, I'm sure you guys have seen, you know, us out and about with our dog Pip and... Um, yeah. So we have been living together now for what, four years? And about four. Four and a half-ish? Yeah. Something like that. And we've been together about five years. Mm-hmm. And so when I started this podcast, people don't know, I started this podcast, I was single. Uh, Danny was also single. And uh, we would tell a lot of stories about just dates we went on and people we met and 
random things that happened and, you know, just laugh at that kind of stuff. And it's funny because we actually got a, a review on the podcast a couple of years ago that was like, this used to be the best podcast. They talk about like dating stories and things like that. Like there were two single gals. And anyway, it depends on where you are in life. And so Danny and I talked about it. You two could still talk about those things. Oh yeah. We could talk <laughs> about the old, I yeah. feel like it'd be disrespectful to you a little bit <laughs> to be like, oh my God, I went on well, this. I am banned from listening to the podcast. So <laughs> you want to tell that story? I, I think, well, yeah, I can tell my side of the story. You, yeah. You want to start it off with? Well, so if you guys remember during quarantine, we did an episode. Maybe you don't listen, didn't listen to it, but it was, um, law, it was basically being in quarantine with your partner. Mm-hmm. And uh, Keith never listens to the podcast, you guys, which means it's safe for me to talk about him. He never listens. <laughs> But I never, I would never say anything about you that no, I, I don't know. know that you would be okay with, except maybe this one thing I did say. <laughs> except this one time. <laughs> so Keith's at work, and um, as a firefighter, he works twenty-four hour shifts, and so I get a lot of alone time. Anyway, I'm in bed, going to bed, and he's at the station, and he all of a sudden I get a text from him, and it's a screenshot of that episode. It says quarantining with your partner. You were twenty seconds in, and you go, "I see how it is. You don't want me at home." <laughs> Pretty because, much. Because Danny and Jeff, they both work from home. They like literally – and I know they have their own routine and they have different offices and stuff like that. They make it work and I'm sure plenty of people do. But during this initial 20 seconds of the episode we're talking about, I said to Danny, how do you and Jeff do it? Keith has been home for seven days. I think you were like you had a couple of days off. I don't know. I had something. Ended up you having seven days off in a row. And I said, and I can't wait for him to go back to work. <laughs> Yeah, so I had, had it on. I hit pause, screenshot, sent it to you. I said, I see how it is. And you were a really good sport about it. Because at, fir- at first I was like, oh, I didn't mean Because you it. know exactly why I sent it to you. <laughs> I didn't even have to say anything. But I, but I also, I mean, I did mean it. But then my defense was that you like alone time too, don't you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> why are you listening? Yeah, I did say that. I said, why uh, are you, you never listen. Which you don't. But anyway, if you guys have been listening for a while, I do tell some stories about Keith, mostly just, you know, about, I don't know, just small things about our relationship and things that come up and stuff like that. Um, But I have to say, like, I have tried to keep our relationship fairly private because it is something that, you know, that's between us. And I think that's the difference. What I was saying earlier about Danny and I telling about our dating life and stuff like that, that feels a little bit, I don't know. I don't like doing that with our relationship because I do want to keep some things private. So. Anyway, um, I thought it'd be fun to to do an episode four years later and see if we uh, still like each other. A little bit. No, you do. Um, okay, cool. So Keith does not know what questions I put together. Oh, and God. I don't know the questions. Y'all, this is his worst nightmare, but he's doing it. I know. I have a feeling my questions are not going to be as good as yours, but. That's okay. Doesn't matter. Yeah. We can riff on anything. And also, I don't know, my questions are that good either. Uh, all right, you want to start? You want me to start? No, you go first. Okay. This is a this is a layup. What would you tell someone getting into a relationship with an entrepreneur? Mm. I mean, I guess it depends on what their lane of entrepreneurship is. In what way? Like, well, there's somebody's like an online person like you, as opposed I guess that's to like, what I mean, yeah. Yeah, okay. As opposed to like somebody who starts runs a store, yeah, starts businesses or stuff like that. Like, okay, the online space. Um, it just you know, 
be okay with your partner being on their phone, like understand like they're just working on it most of the time. That's probably what they're doing. <clears throat> they're not doom scrolling or just browsing the interwebs. They're probably working. So it's just like something you got to get used to in that sense. Um, I would say that would be like the biggest thing. And to just understand that they're, their timetable of like when they're going to do things is not going to be maybe as set as like yours. Like for me, you know, I work 8am to 8am. Cool. I'm off. I'm off for you. It's like, Oh shit, something could come up and you could, you could want to work on something. You could spend as much time as you want working. So you don't have to have, you don't have like set rules or set time frames. Like you're not clocking in, clocking out. Nobody's punching time cards for you. So just, I would say that would be like the biggest thing is, know that they're going to be on their phone or computer or whatever more so. And that they don't have like a timetable. Like you come up with something, you're like, I want to work on this. You could, you know, Hey, I need 15 minutes to do this. Hey, I need 20 minutes to do this. So that might be something I would suggest to people. I know that. I think that was a little bit of a, um, I don't want to say a growing pain, but it was definitely something we had to figure out because you previously had dated people who worked nine to fives. So the days where you were off, you kind of had the day to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Come home from work and yeah, you kind of like had the day and then you'd like, like hang out with cool. them at night when they got off work like, or something. I got the couch all to myself for a couple hours. <laughs> so how was that transition for you? I mean, I know it was like, took a little bit getting used to. Um, yeah, there's definitely, I mean, there's like, it has its pros and cons. Cause yeah, I don't sometimes always get the alone time that I need, but we also get to spend more time together. You know, I talk to other guys where wives, girlfriends, whatever, don't get off work till five, six o'clock. And then they're, you know, trying to jam in whatever time that and that's every day that they're off. That's the only time they're getting with each other. So I think it's pros and cons to it. You know, I think we do a good job because if you're working in here, like I pretty much leave you alone and you'll let me if I need just a little decompression time or if I'm going to go surf or whatever, you're like, fine, you know, you could always work. So I think it works out like that mm-hmm. for us. Well, I think both of us are really um... – I think both of us are okay alone, like spending time alone too, you know? So if I just have like, a, cause like, you know, mm-hmm. you'll have a day off and I have calls all day or something and you're like, cool, I'll do my own thing. And like, you don't, and that's totally fine mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And like when you're at work, I get a, when you're at work and you're not here, I get a ton of stuff done. Yeah. So I feel like it's actually helped me with more with productivity because I noticed that I want to have, I want to be off when you're off. Like I want to, so I do try and like hustle a little bit to get some of my stuff. If I can mm-hmm. get stuff, some of my stuff done while you're, so that I can have fun. Yeah, because you get to just be off completely once you're once you're off. Yeah, which makes sense. Yeah, that way we both have the time of nothing at the same time. Yeah, for sure. I will definitely say I think I've worked the least in my life these last five years. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> it's definitely it's definitely been a it's been a change, but it's been really nice. Yeah. All right. What what question <clears throat> you got? All right. All right. Uh, so what piece of advice would you give to your younger self? Ooh, this is a good one. Um, could be anything. Yeah, no, I think I would definitely, there's, there's a lot, honestly. (laughs) Uh, if you guys don't know, so I mean, I was, I was not a, I was like a fine, I was fine, but I really was not a very, um, what would I say? Like not empathetic, but I was definitely more of a, um, kind of like a mean girl. I was definitely more of a mean girl up until <laughs> after college for sure. Um, and I do have regrets around that. 
I think the thing that I would have told myself if I could even hear it at that age was just live your life, like make more independent choices. Like instead of just blindly sort of going with society or being worried about what other people think or, you know, living your life for someone else. I think it took me a while. It probably took me to like my mid twenties to really start thinking about what I wanted. And I think that's kind of normal, but I think mm-hmm. I, I wish I could have maybe done that a little bit earlier and didn't waste some time mm. stressing about how people saw me and being in victim mode and complaining and stuff like that. I wish I just had the confidence and the the self-trust to just say fuck it and just be who I needed to, who I wanted to be and let the chips fall, you mm-hmm. know, even for the, the closest people in my life, friends, mm-hmm. family, you know, things like that. So that definitely would be the thing that if I could just grab my younger self and shake me, I, I would definitely do that. How about you? Mm, well, it's funny. You say I, <clears throat> I was like the opposite when I was younger. I was like, fuck what anybody thinks. I don't care. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. <laughs> I'm going to, you know, play football till the wheels fall off. I want to go to Europe and do it for three years, come back and work crap jobs in between and then go back. You know, that's basically what I was doing. So it's just funny to that because I was the exact opposite. Do you think that there's different, I mean, I do think that's a, a men and women thing though too. Like that women are a little bit more like, yes. I graduated college. Yeah. I need to like yeah. get, you know. They want and security and yeah. a little and, more assurance. Right. Whereas, Whereas like I was like, yeah, I'm going to Spain for eight months. Peace out. And I come back. I'm like, I guess I move back in with my parents and get a job doing something like for the next seven months. I don't know. That would have definitely. <laughs> yeah. Until I was like, all right, I'm leaving again. Like whatever. Yeah. Um, advice. Ah. Hmm. I don't know. Again. Yeah. There's so many, so many things. <laughs> um, I would say oh, this is definitely more of like a personal thing, like relationship with the the parents would be like, uh, <clears throat> given everything that's happened last few years, it's just like, try, try to make, I don't want to say make amends because it's not like things were bad, but try to build a better relationship with my mom when I was younger mm-hmm. and not be so, I mean, it goes both ways as both of us, but not be so confrontational with her. Mm-hmm. I think that would be the one thing for sure. Just because we butted heads so much up until, you know, she got really sick in the last few years where it was, you know, just not there. But before that, all those years where it was just, you know, like my dad would leave the house and we'd be there alone. Be like, can you guys just not fight while I'm gone? <laughs> so I would say that, like try to, you know, foster a better relationship with her. Yeah. It seems like you guys time. really pushed each other's buttons. Uh, Yeah just a little bit we definitely did so it was better when the time you met her it was a lot better but there was still you could it's a little little hints of it here and there you know what though i think i don't know if we ever outgrow that you know like as good as my relationship is with my parents and your relationship is with your dad i think they could probably still say something and i would turn into a 15 year old fucking yeah little you know teenage angsty you know what i mean like yeah. i think they just have your number Especially yeah. if they start treating you that way, right? Like that's a huge trigger for us. It's like mm-hmm. if they start treating you like you're not an adult, like they're treating you like mm-hmm. you were the age when you live with them. Yeah. Well, my mom just does that. Did that to everybody, regardless of their age. Didn't matter. Didn't matter who you were. I had a, I had a really great. I you were in the crosshairs. You were getting it. I had a good relationship with your mom. Yeah. Yeah. Because that she, your mom, she would dish it, but she could take it too. Oh yeah. Which yeah. I really appreciate. I would I would definitely troll her sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's a good one. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing, right? Like as, it, as we take this like full circle, you never know like when people are going to pass or what's going to happen. So it's like, mm-hmm. why not have the, have the conversations and tell people how you, how much they mean to you. Yeah. You I mean, I'm glad we, we did have that in the last few years of her life. Yeah. When she was, you know, getting sicker or even when she was diagnosed and then the seven years she lived with it. But before that, there was none of that. that didn't exist really. You're up. All right. What is something that you've learned from me? No. I put two things, but I'll I'll just take you off the hook. You can just say one thing <laughs> that you've learned from me, and I'll and I'll say one thing I've learned from you. Um. Hmm. I would say. That just being a better communicator in a relationship equals a better relationship. Makes sense. Yeah. I would say that would that'd probably be like the biggest thing. How do you find how do you define communication? You personally? Uh, I mean just talking and being uh, open about whatever it is that you're feeling, thinking, your beliefs about whatever it is, just like and not <clears throat> not doing it in like a demeaning way or in a I'm right type of way. Like not having a conversation where it's just, you know, I'm right, you're wrong mm-hmm. type thing. Right. Um, especially yeah. in the context of like our relationship. Like not that like I'm right about this certain thing and you're wrong. So I'm going to fucking let you know why. Like just being like, hey, this is what I think or this is how I feel about this. So I would that, yeah. You know, I think it's funny because I think a lot of people assume that if you are talking feelings or you're talking your, you know, your, I don't know, you're stating your frustrations or you're stating, you know, something that's going on with you, that it automatically means it's a fight, you know, or it's an mm-hmm. argument. Yeah. And so a lot of people fall into the, you know, defensiveness or whatever that, and then as soon as you start to, you know, getting defensive, then it's like, all right, well revisit this later yeah yeah i mean like we're always going to get triggered but i think that's a really good way to put it yeah um i would definitely say um that i learned from you and i actually remember the moment that it was happening (laughs) you and i had been together for like i don't know like eight months or so and we started dating over the summer and i remember i kind of like didn't work that summer i mean i did but i remember kind of being like wow i'm like taking weekends off for the first time and we were just like hanging down the beach and mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, I like didn't really do anything. This And that was just weird for me because anyone who knows me up until, you know, that point, I always was just sitting with my laptop. Like if I was home, I was sitting at my laptop. If I was at a hotel room, I was sitting with my laptop. If I was traveling in Airbnb, there's my, me, I was with mm-hmm. my laptop. Like that was just, I mean, I go to my parents' house for Thanksgiving and sit in front of my laptop the entire time. Yeah. And so you and I had been dating for like, I don't know, not quite a year yet. And it was when I started snowboarding and we went up to... I think it was maybe when we went to Colorado. Our, our dog is like just, I don't know, has ADHD right now. Like she's yes, just she all does. over the place. Like she's normal. <laughs> just doesn't do anything. But yes, you have a lot of energy, honey. So we were snowboarding and it was like, a, I think it was one of the days in Colorado, my very first days. And I remember just being like, I didn't have service on the mountain. And I remember being like, do people just do this? They just like <laughs> literally like don't pay attention to anything online like they just 
take the day off. They just go dark because up until that point, I've been, I fucking shared everything on my stories. Like, yeah. here's my breakfast. Here's my lunch. Here's where I'm going. Here's what I'm doing. <clears throat> so I think for you, you've definitely helped me. I hate the word fucking work-life balance, but I think you've definitely helped <laughs> me create a little bit more balance to where I have times where I really am off and I don't feel this constant need to show every single thing I'm doing all the time on social media. Yeah. And so, you know, I think previously, and we actually, you and I went out to dinner with our friends, um, Kayla and Andy, like a couple months ago, and Kayla had only started following me on social media. And so at dinner, we hadn't really spent that much time together. And she goes, you're so different than I thought you were going to be. And I said, why? And she goes, I just thought you were like an influencer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I think a lot of people get that perception if you're online and you- Yeah, because that's all they see. Right. You're sharing selfies yeah. and you're doing that shit that like, you know, you traditionally think of an influencer, but really, you know me that to me, I'm like, yeah, do I share that stuff? Sure. But like, for the most part, I'm there to, for business. Like, and that's my tool. The, the phone is my desk. Mm -hmm. So I think you've really helped me have more balance and really not feel scared to take time away. Mm. And that's definitely improved my, just my well-being in general. It's a good thing. Yeah. Is it my second question time? Yeah. What's the one thing you hate most about work? Ooh. Your work specifically. The one thing I hate most about yep. it. Yeah, could be writing, posting, whatever, just about yeah. your work specifically. That's a good question. Um... Could be nothing. Yeah, but I, doubt I mean, it. everyone hates something. Yeah, about I mean, their work. I don't. I don't. Hate is a strong word for me. There's things I sort of like, don't love doing for sure. Fine. Dislike. Okay, there's things I dislike. Um, I have a hard time sometimes. Honestly, like this is probably the hardest thing about my job. But what I do now is sometimes if I have a client who, and I've, I think I've talked to this on the podcast before. If I get a client who didn't really arrive at me naturally, like they were a referral or something like that. They just like randomly start working with me. Oftentimes they're the hardest clients to manage their expectations mm -hmm. because they didn't like kind of organically come up in my brand. Anyone who knows my brand knows it's all about solutions and action and solving problems and staying clinical and like really trying mm -hmm. to get down into like, okay, let's look at the numbers. Let's, let's, you know, not have this huge emotional roller coaster. I remember when I was doing fat loss coaching, this is a big thing. And for those of you who are listening and you are a coach, I'm sure you've had clients like that who I remember my fat loss clients were, they were just maniacs. And I was too, by the way, cause that was, <laughs> I was obsessed with my body as well. But I remember being like, it's not working. And, and so I'd have clients who were like, it's not working. And I'd be like, what about it isn't working? Like, how do you know that? They're like, I just feel it. So I have a really hard time with every once in a while, I don't have a lot of clients, but my, over the last few years, I've had a few clients who are just really hard to manage because they are 100% emotionally driven. Mm -hmm. And so, but honestly, 99% of my clients are fucking awesome because they are on the same wavelength, mm -hmm. even if they weren't before, but once they get in, they're like, oh, okay, I see how this works. And so they sort of adopt that same mentality of like, Hey, it's fine to just like like solve your problem and like you don't have to get like completely emotionally hijacked every second. Yeah, the That's, world's not crashing. Anytime I wrong. anytime I vent to you about a client, it's usually something around that. And and mm -hmm. I, again, I don't have that many of them, but sometimes those are the hardest to manage. But also, I do look at it like that's what a coach does. Mm -hmm. You know, like your success as a coach isn't defined by having the best clients. It's by having the clients that are, that are a little bit harder. Mm -hmm. You know, that's when you really get to put your coach hat on. I'm like, okay, fuck. Like you gotta, you gotta really coach this person because 
they're not 100% on board and they mm-hmm. don't quite get it. And so I do as much as I sometimes those those types of clients get me stressed out or I just it just makes you feel like you're not a good coach. I mean, I think that's really at the end of the day that's probably what I'm feeling is a feeling of shame or or something like that, but but I also see it as a challenge to help me get better at, at communication and mm-hmm. like really helping them understand what the deal is and get them to the other side of the transformation regardless. So that's probably the the, the hardest thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, now like pretty much everything's good. What do you hate about your job? <laughs> um, oh, well, again, I guess I guess hate is a strong word to use, but <clears throat> getting up in the middle of the night for bullshit. I mean, you said it, not me. <laughs> um, do just, people know that you don't stay up all night? Like, I think so. That's like a huge misconception. Some people think that. You know, people they, ask like, "What do you guys? Do you guys just stay up?" All? Like, no, we have a station we live at. You know, we live there a third of their the time third of the year that's where we're at third of our lives during our career we're at the station and uh you know we sleep when there's no calls uh, yeah i mean definitely just the calls at night that are things where you're just like why are you calling us right now like this is unnecessary to dial 911 will be an example i mean you know something where they had like a mild pain that started 3 days ago and then they're like I now call it 3 a.m. Do like have a stomach ache? Three days later. And you're like, you just had to call it 3 a.m. Or like, <laughs> Do you done just this. think that's because like in the middle of the night is when people tend to, um, things feel more heightened maybe? I think it could be a little bit of that. And then you'll just, you know, there's, I mean, there's a myriad of things that we go on that are just absolutely absurd, especially working where I work. But um it's just, yeah, I hate to say because everybody, because sometimes people call and they just legitimately, they just, to them, it's their worst moment. So they call. They just don't know what to do. Yeah. So it's hard to say like, oh, they're dumb. They're this. Like a lot of people will fall into that trap and be very upset with people. It's like, you know, I don't know what their background is, what their level of experience with anything is. You know, we ask people. <clears throat> on a scale of zero to 10, 10 being the worst pain you've ever had. What does this rank as? And you'll have people tell you, Oh, it's a 10. Well, and they're sitting there looking at me like you and me. Right. If I told you right now, I'm having the worst pain I've ever had in my life. 10 out of 10, you're looking at me. You're like, no, you haven't. Right. But it's your perception. So it's maybe it is the worst pain you've ever felt. Maybe that, you know, half an inch laceration on your calf is the worst pain you've ever had in your life. Mm. I don't, you know, maybe you just never had anything happen. So that aspect of it is like, it can be frustrating because you're just looking at someone like, come on, really? Like, and it was just the lack of like knowledge of like, hey, you don't, this doesn't have to go to the emergency room. You can go to urgent care or that everybody thinks I'm going by ambulance. So I get seen faster. Mm. Like we, I had this discussion with someone the other day, like it was a call where they could have gone private, private auto. And it was like, you know, you can you want to take them on your own and they, well, they'll get, they'll get seen by the ambulance or, or I want them to go by ambulance. They'll get seen faster. It's like, well, not necessarily like the hospital is going to make that decision. Mm. Like they still have to get triaged based upon their critical, you know, how critical they are, et cetera. Like some hospitals. Yes, you might, I can't, you know, anyways. So you just get a lot of that. It's just that kind of stuff. But yeah, the waking up in the middle of the night constantly for um, things that are, non-emergent um, can get old and frustrating, which is why a lot of people don't 
stay very long on the paramedic side of things like I'm doing. And they tend to get off of it because they just get tired of it. It is like, yeah. I mean, whenever you, you, you come home and you'd be like, we had like 10, like five calls after midnight. And I'm like, I don't know how the fuck you do that. Like I literally don't, but God yeah. Bless you. And it depends. Cause sometimes it's not that bad. Even if we have a lot, like sometimes we'll be like, okay, like, and then other times you're like, it was miserable. Right. Like I'd have like three after midnight and they could just be the timing of it. The type of call could just yep. be like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> that was awful. Well, I'm so. glad some people are doing it. <laughs> I'm glad you guys exist. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> but you know, it's funny just knowing you, like that job is just so perfect for you. It just really is. Yeah. Yeah. It worked out. It did. It did. And my job worked out for me. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what I would do otherwise. Um, all right. Last question. How have I, and I'm sorry if you guys can hear Pip in the background for some reason, like, I don't know why. This is the most like. Hacking up a lung over here. We went to the beach and I think she has some sand in her throat or something and she keeps like <laughs> dry heaving. Sorry, honey. Um, last question for me is how have I challenged you or how has this relationship challenged you? Ooh. Uh, well, I mean, in lots of ways, um, like I said about communication and whatnot, just to like have more conversations, like try to sit in more conversations and work through stuff more. So, um, that's been like the biggest challenge I would say. Um, and just to be like more like challenging to, uh, me to like what is our future what are we doing like etc like to look at those things and like actually think about it and talk with you about it not just you know those when you're in your 20s i thought we'd be together forever like all right later <laughs> you know those types of relationships that i'm sure everybody went through or most people did so to like actually be like oh, okay like we're adults now like let's what are we thinking what are our plans like what do we want out of this you know do our do our wants and needs match up with each other? You know, can we make it work for one another? And not just being, uh, I guess, like treating it like kind of like a fling where it's just, you know, oh, we're just having fun. Like thinking of like long-term type of stuff, you know. Um, I think that's been the most, like, where it's really challenged me. And you have because you, like, make me. You're like, hey, I want to talk about this. And I'm like, can I run out? No? Okay. All right. Fuck. All right. No, I can't. Well, so, no, but I think that is the, what you're saying is that I think that is a fear of, of women, right? Because that's always like the, the age old, you know, storyline, which is, uh, you know, people start dating and then the woman's like, what are we like five seconds into it, you mm -hmm. know? And then, and we know that that's like how a lot of men can see us. So then we go like, well, I want to be the cool chick who like never brings something. Up. You know what I mean? So it's like, but also at the end mm -hmm. of the day, like we, like you mentioned, we are adults. Like I'm in my forties. So to me, I'm like, I'm not trying to waste my time. Not that it would be a waste if we were just having fun, but we need to have that conversation. So I think that's been something, especially the last few years, you and I have been a little bit more attentive to. Cause I think mm -hmm. I was sort of in the same place you were when we start, started dating. We kind of just like, we're like, we like each other and we're like, let's do this. And then we didn't really have any serious conversations for a while about, yeah, you know, what our intentions were. And I think. <laughs> and then nine months later, we were living together. And then and they're like, oops. And then we're like, oh, I guess. So we just like kept taking steps, but not really ever having like yeah. the, the serious conversation about. Yeah. Because you were, because 
you were kind of like, I'm just going to be single forever. Mm-hmm. And I was very much like, I don't want to get married again. Mm-hmm. Because that was terrible. That wasn't terrible. <laughs> How it ended was not something I wanted to repeat. Um, and I was definitely like, you know, I think that was, it was definitely a, a protective mechanism too. Like, I don't want to get too close to someone. I don't want, you know, to go through what I went again, through what I went through again, you know, stuff like that. So. Yeah. I think this is also just validates that relationships evolve, mm-hmm. you know, and you kind of meet someone different every couple of years. Like, you know, I'm growing, you've grown, we both have grown a lot and. You almost have to like Danny and Jeff call it renewing the lease after a year. Renew the lease, we good? Doing it? We still doing it? Okay, yeah. we're still doing it. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Um, I think you've definitely challenged me to. Um, well, a very simple one is. So, if you guys don't know this. Um, he doesn't really drink alcohol. So I know this is like kind of silly, but you don't really drink. And so I definitely stopped drinking a lot. Le- I started drinking a lot less when you and I started dating mm-hmm. because not because of anything. I was just like, Oh, like, I don't like, you're not my drinking buddy. <laughs> We're not going to go out and like, that's not going to be our thing. And so also I think it was like where I was too. I was dating a lot. And every time you go out on a date, you get a drink and like, you know, and it was just like those kind of things. And I was also just still, I think coping from, my divorce and all that kind of stuff. So for three years, I just drank a lot. And so just, I think you've definitely helped me just be a little bit healthier. And, um, if anyone doesn't know, like Keith is very healthy, like way healthier than me. Um, but you also don't judge me either, which I really appreciate. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, we have, we have friends who are vegans and friends, you know, who have other lifestyle choices. And I think I never mind a different choice and lifestyle so long as there's not judgment there but you and i had we did have a moment because i was i think i was getting a little bit um self-conscious about my drinking like our first year and Mm -hmm. and you and i were out we were with some other people do you remember this it was in Mm -hmm. uh it was in mammoth we went out and i remember i was just like i had never seen you drunk i still have never seen you drunk i don't think i've really seen you even buzzed and i remember being like have a drink and like I remember like just like pressuring you pressuring you and then you just kind of like you didn't snap at me but you definitely like seriously were like look like I'm not doing that like I don't want to you can but like stop like you just you didn't say it like you weren't mean but you were just like it was very like just direct and stern and I was like okay and then I remember the next day just being like yeah my bad like and since then I have I (laughs) I haven't done it yeah, if I remember correctly, you were a little tipsy. I was very tipsy, <laughs> and I think it was probably just my feeling, you know, self conscious about my own yeah. drinking like, and wanting on, other people to drink. I mean, like that's what people do, Why don't right? You have a couple when they're a lush. They want everyone to be a lush because <laughs> then it doesn't make it as bad. But mm. you know, and so I think in that way, you know, I've definitely pulled back a lot on that in yeah. terms of just yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Your positive re- influence on my health. Yeah. I remember that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm here for. All right. My last one? Mm-hmm. All right. What is the number one place you want to travel to and why? Oh. Gosh, so many places. Number one, though. Number one. Probably, gosh, I don't know. And it doesn't have to be like something to do with me. It could just be. Yeah, in general. Probably Japan. Okay. I really want to go to Japan. It's just so different. I was going to say Greece, but I, I mean, I've been to Europe so many times and I'm sure Greece is amazing and it's different than all the other places in Europe, I'm sure. But um, I just, I want to go to Asia. 
like I've been to Bali, but I really would love to go to Japan. I would love to go snowboarding in Japan. I would love to go to Tokyo. Like I definitely wanted to just see the culture. I feel like mm-hmm. the culture is just so different than our culture. Mm-hmm. And I mean, as much as I love Europe, I'm like, there are a lot of similarities, right? We go to, you and I have been to um, Australia, New Zealand a couple of times. Like it's very similar to mm-hmm. American. So yeah, I think I definitely be interested in that. I think that's probably the place that I would like to go the most. That's fair. How about you? I think it, you know, mine kind of changes with where I'm at and feeling, but I think right now it's like probably like somewhere in Indo. A little surf trip? Yeah, like the Mentawise or Indo or about like somewhere around there where it's just like board shorts, surf, good food, warm weather, like that. Cheap living. Yeah, I think just after doing the seven days in Nicaragua that I did, um, I'm just like itching to do something like that. And I just keep seeing like all these videos of people out there and, you know, my buddies that have been, they're just like, oh, yeah, like it's awesome. Like they're like, it's cheap. It's like uh, my partner at work. He's like, yeah, we, you know, I did like a week or something. He's like, it was amazing. He's like, he's like, I spent like 500 bucks like a week on like food and lodging. It's like, which hotel everything was cheap it was the food was delicious and we surfed all day every day and just like <laughs> yeah i want to do that <laughs> granted i gotta get the shoulder healthy to be able to do that but i think that's kind of where i'm at like in that regard japan would definitely be up there mm-hmm. i think just like since i'm kind of fiending for some surf right now that's where your head's at. yeah i think that's where my head's at as far as like places to go and do that now let's see what happens when it's December. Where you'll want to be going? Yeah, who knows? Yeah. I mean, I guess you're, I bet Indonesia in December is probably warm. Too. I was gonna say I, I don't <laughs> think it's ever cold there. I don't know for sure, but yeah, it'll definitely be someplace warm. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, God, you should go. Uh, that would be fun. We should go, or I should go. No, you should. Go. Oh, I should go. I was gonna say you're out on jungle places. You've been. I have been. Yeah. Been yeah. Well, long. maybe we'll look into it. Like I said, I got to get the shoulder healthy and then yeah. maybe look at some surf trips down the road. Yeah. Also, like, I would never want to stay in, like, a beach shack. No offense to beach shacks. Yeah. You're, like, five-star hotel. Yeah. I'm like, I'll see you. I'll be at the Four Seasons. I'll meet you at later. I'll be at the pool in the spa. Pretty much. <laughs> Do opposites attract? I always say this to you. For those of you guys who don't know, this is a fucking hilarious story. Keith and I have been dating like, I don't know, like not even a month, like like very early on. And we're laying in bed about to go to sleep. And I just go, do you think it's weird we're together? First of all, we do have a rule now that once we're in bed, I'm not allowed to bring up anything. <laughs> yes, you're not allowed to. Well, because you never bring up anything. That's very true. So, I mean, I wish you would bring up more when we're not in bed. Okay. We can, we can work <laughs> on that. But we do have a rule now. And I think it's a good rule. That once we're in bed, we can't bring something up. And I think that's a good rule. Yes. But I remember saying, do you think it's weird we're together? And you go, no. But based on that question, I th- you do. <laughs> <laughs> but we are so different yes. in a lot and of ways. And five years later, you still ask that question. I know. I'm like, I'm like, is this – are we – do we have anything in common? Yeah, that's the way you're like, do we even have anything in common? I'm like, <laughs> yes, of course we do. <laughs> Well, it does keep us spicy. Is uh, that that we like different things? Yeah. No, yeah. No one wants to date themselves. It'd be weird. Well, uh, not no uh, one. There are people out there who do, but it's weird. 
yeah, we just can't start looking like each other. That's like what couples end up doing. Like yeah. they start looking the same. Or they look like their dogs. They look like each other and their dogs. They all look the same. <laughs> yeah, can't have that shit. Well, thanks for being on. You're welcome. This is fun. I release you. Oh, yes. Thank God. <laughs> all right, y'all. Well, thank you for listening. Hopefully, this was a fun conversation for you. Maybe you got to know Keith a little bit more. Now you have a little more context for all of the, the anecdotes that get told on the story. <laughs> and... Um, and you're the best and I love you and thanks for coming on. Love you too, babe. All right, y'all. All right, y'all. Well, that's it for us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your time and attention. If you like this episode and you want more of this kind of stuff, hit us up in our Facebook group. You can go to thebestlifepodcast.com and then click on the link to join our closed Facebook group. It is a free group. We have some great conversations in there. If you guys have any other questions, comments, or things you would love for us to riff on, you can always send us a DM at the Best Life Podcast um, or send us an email, info at the Best Life Podcast, and we would love to hear all you guys got. That's all we got for you guys. Have a great rest of your week and we'll talk to you soon. Bye, guys.